Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah, love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Huh. Let's make our confession of faith together. Because I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, remain standing. I want you to go to Revelation 5. Revelation 5, you should be really familiar with this so far from our series, Kings. I'm going to say, I am a king. And ladies, when you say that, it's not a, a sexist thing. It's just that uh, when I say king, it also refers to you as a queen. But generally, we're just going to say king. Somebody say, I am a king. Revelation 5, verse number 9. We've normally been looking at verse number 10. We're going to start up at verse number 9 so I can give you some context. Revelation, uh, if you've ever uh, seen anything on TV, you may be scared of the book of Revelation. You may even wonder what in the world is the book of Revelation talking about. First off, you need to know the book of Revelation uses a lot of allegory, which means the images are there to be idioms that point to something else, which means it's not quite literally what it seems to be because the word Revelation means uh, to apocalypse, which means to uncover, where we get our Greek word apocalypse. We get our word apocalypse, which means to uncover. So watch this. This book, watch this. Uh, the whole time. Now, anybody play chess in here? All right. So the whole time, there's a pawn, there, there's a piece right here. This is the king the whole time. Say the whole time. So when we get to Revelation, though, it, watch this. Up, up until now, it's hidden. So when we get to the book of Revelation, what's hidden now is uncovered. See, See the whole time you thought you were the victim. But then when we get to the series Kings, it's uncovered. You're the victor. See, the whole time you thought you were not good enough, you thought you weren't worthy enough, you thought you weren't this, you thought you weren't that. But then we get to Revelation where it is uncovered. So here it is, Revelation 5 verse 9. And they sang a new song, said they thought differently. Talk to me 915, said they thought differently. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain, talking about Jesus, and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. In other words, he said, this is for everybody. It says for everybody. Which means it's not just for white folk, not just for black folk, not just for brown folk. It's for anybody that's got breath in their body. 
Look at verse 10, though. And you know this part. And you have what? Made us kings and priests. Say spiritual and successful. Say I can pray and I can slay. And we shall reign when? On the earth. When are we supposed to be doing that? Now. Now, I need you to look at your neighbor. You, you got at least seven more look at your neighbors. I hope you like who you sit next to, if not just pretend for the next 30 minutes. Uh, say, we're supposed to reign right now. Say, not later, but right now. Say, in case you didn't know, check my business card. I'm a king. And say, today, I'm going to learn how to think like a king. Father, in the name of Jesus, Taylor, make this word for us, your people, that we would move and walk in everything that you have ordained. We thank you now that no weapon that is formed against us would prosper. I pray that this word would go forth to your people unhindered and that it would fall on the ears of those that are doers, not just hearers of the word. I declare that you are uncovering what has always been there, and that is the fact that we have been kings and we have been priests. I declare that the king inside of every man, the king inside of every woman, that it would rise up in a way that it's not risen up before. I de- declare breakthrough in this atmosphere I declare freedom in this atmosphere I declare life and life more abundantly in this atmosphere and if you believe it I need somebody anybody everybody to holler in this place and as you take your seats help out two or three people and say let's think like kings let's think like kings let's think like kings that day is my endeavor today to teach you how to think like a king in this series we've been talking money power and respect God's way because we all desire those things but you'll notice up to this point I've not specifically taught on money power nor respect because when you know who you are it changes what you do and when you're a king you get all three for God's glory touch your neighbor say when you're a king you get money power and respect it comes with the package See, your issue is you've been chasing stuff when you really needed to chase identity. You've been chasing money when you really needed to chase identity. Because when you know who you are, it automatically changes what you do. I have never had to walk up to a chicken and tell a chicken that it needed to cluck. I've never had to walk up to a cow and tell a cow that it needed to move. Why? Because when you know who you are, it automatically changes what you do. I'm going to tell you, your days of chasing money are over. Your days of chasing respect are over. Your days of chasing power are over. Why? Because when you know that you a king you ain't got to chase that it's gonna turn around and chase you touch your neighbor say it's about to pursue you so we've learned so far in this series that you are a king and ladies of course that means a queen and every king has dominion revelation 5 10 makes it clear that we are to rule reign conquer and subdue in life not just in death too many people if you grew up in church you were taught that we were only going to get it good on the other side that things were only going to get good on the other side so watch this most christians live their lives trying to die so they could get over there to rule and to reign not realizing you're out of order you're supposed to be doing it here Stop trying to die to get to heaven. Instead, we're supposed to live to bring heaven down to earth. Somebody say, I am a king. Now watch this. Every king has dominion. And I taught you this, that you increase your dominion in one of two ways. First, by managing dominion you already have well in every area of your life, both big and small. Question, how are you managing your existing finances? How are you managing your existing family? How are you managing your existing car? How are you managing your existing job? Because if you're not managing that well, you have not met the prerequisite for greater dominion. 
But then secondly, you increase your dominion by conquering enemies, which means as kings, we don't get scared of enemies. When we see an enemy, we realize it's time to be upgraded. See, watch this. When you are David, who's uh, been anointed to be a king, you're not scared of a Goliath because a Goliath is the prerequisite for you to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. So to everybody that watched this, you found an enemy last week that you did not have the week prior. You shouldn't be crying about that enemy. You should be shouting about that enemy. And what's an enemy, Bishop? It's anything that opposes your forward progress, which means it's a noun, a person, place, thing, or idea that's trying to block you from moving forward. But I beg you to touch your neighbor and say, I will not be blocked any longer. That was the wrong neighbor. Try the other one and say, I will not be blocked any longer. For too long, you've let little stuff keep you from moving forward. You let little worries keep you from moving forward. But I declare that day is over in your life. Why? Because from this moment forward, lay your hands on your head. I declare you're going to think like a king. You're going to talk like a king. You're going to act like a king. Somebody holler, I am a king. So secondly, you increase your dominion by conquering enemies as anything that opposes your forward progress. And we learn that as kings, when we face an enemy, we have a location advantage. And that advantage, watch this, is that whenever we face an enemy, we learn from Ephesians 2, 6 and Revelation 3, 21, that we're not facing them head on, but instead we're facing them from a throne. Now, the scripture teaches us, Revelation 3.21, Ephesians 2.6, I'm recapping this, that's why I'm going quickly, uh, that we've been raised up to sit with Jesus on his throne, which means since we're sitting with him, worry is beneath us. Unfaithfulness to God is beneath us. Foolishness is beneath us. Drama is beneath us. It's some folk you've been fighting with and you just need to say, you know what? I apologize. What you apologizing for? Because I was sitting here fighting with you and that's beneath me. I, I, I don't even know why I was getting an attitude with you. That's beneath me. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. It's some stuff today after church. You need to call them and say, I apologize. What you apologizing for? I was letting this get me all worked up. I was letting me get this, this situation, get me all stressed out. And I learned today in church, that's beneath me. So if you don't mind, I'm going to continue my regularly scheduled life and you can go back to that drama all by yourself. Touch your neighbor and say some stuff is beneath you. Stop trying to convince people to stay in your life. If the suckers want to go, let them walk. You never try to hold on to what don't want to be kept. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Touch your neighbor and say some stuff is beneath us. Now, now, then we learn uh, that three things every king needs. This was last Sunday and we learned that, and this is where we ended, that kings need a high pain tolerance. Because when you experience pain, you can become passive or you become persistent. But I found out something about your neighbor. Your neighbor doesn't seem like the passive type because they're a king. And that's why Daniel 7, 18 says, but the saints of the most high, that's us, shall receive the kingdom. That word receive in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament is the word quabble, which means take. Somebody say, I got to take it. Stuff's not just going to be given to you. You're going to have to take it. Peace is not just going to be given to you. You're going to have to take it. Joy is not just going to be given to you. You're going to have to take it. Let me prove it to you. You ever been having a good day and sat up and thought this day might go bad so you thought yourself into a bad day? Have you ever had some good happen to you and say to yourself, this must be too good to be true so I, I, I'm scared because I might mess it up? Why? Because you thought it was just going to be given to you. You did not realize you're going to have to take it. But your neighbor ain't the passive type. God, I wish I had a real church here. Your neighbor's not the passive type. Your neighbor is the persistent type, which means they know how to take it. I dare somebody to just throw your hands out and act like you're taking it. I know how to take it. Yeah, I'm going to take my finances back. Take my family back. Take my peace of mind back. Take my self-esteem back. Somebody holler, take it. 
It says, Daniel 7, 18, but the saints of the Most High shall receive, take the kingdom. And Acts 14, 22 says, we must through many tribulations or through many pains enter the kingdom. Yeah, but watch this, watch this. Say, that's what it takes. See, see, watch this. It, all what you've been through in your life, I mean, because you, you like color purple. All my life I had to fight. Bishop, I take one step forward, get knocked back two. Oh, achy, break it hard, war is me. My daddy did this, my mama did this, my cousin did this. And here's what the problem is. You'll think that something's wrong. You miss it. You'll think something's wrong and nothing's wrong. That's just the process to becoming a king. You're not listening to what I just said. Acts 14, 22 says, we must through many tribulations, say a lot of pain. Say a lot of pain. You want to know what made you spiritual? Pain. You want to know what makes you pray? Pain. Y'all not saying nothing. You want to know what got you in church today? Some pain that you didn't dealt with. You want to know what makes you lift your hands during worship? Pain. You want to know what makes you clap your hands? Pain. I wish I had some honest people in here that can say, thank God for my pain because my pain is what pushed me. Holler, it pushed me. I said holler and not say it loud. Look, 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 look. We must through many tribulations or pain enter the kingdom. So this word kingdom deals with a king's dominion or king's domain. That's where we get the word kingdom from in a very simple form, which means the pain is necessary because it's part of the process. Now, you think something's wrong because there's pain. You think, well, what did I do to make them abandon me? What did I do to make them reject me? That was just the pain necessary to push you into being... You'll be sitting up all night saying, well, I just wonder what ain't right with me. And I just wonder what I should have said different. I'm going to help somebody. And I just wonder why this, that, and why this, that. And you'll think something's wrong. Touch your neighbor and say, ain't nothing wrong. See, that's just the process to being a king. Watch Acts 14, 22. It says, we must. Which means there's no other way to get there. You don't pray your way there. You pain your way there. You don't praise your way there. You pain your way there. I wish I had somebody listening to me. Which means, watch this. Kings, when they understand this, kings aren't scared of storms because kings become the storm. Which, what do you mean I become the storm? Since I realize pain is part of the process to being a king, when I see pain, I just, be, watch this, I become pain to the pain. Let me prove it to you. Some of you this morning, you had so much going on in your life, your pain said, lay back down. Your pain said, just stream it. But the king and you said, get up and get to church. Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? Why? Be because, because watch this. You became pain to your pain. Some of you this week, you said, I don't really feel like praying. But then something pushed you to pray. You became pain. God you became pain to your pain just your neighbor say I'm not scared of no storm say I am the storm I ain't scared of no betrayal I'm... stop wishing there was no pain and just be a king in your pain this was last week I'm reviewing touch your neighbor say Bishop still reviewing 
uh, three things everything uh, a king needs. Now, the first thing kings need a high pain tolerance. Next is that kings need to pray like kings. And kings pray to fix the problem, not just relieve the pain. Because the pain is revealing that there is an area where there needs some healing. See, you cannot heal what you're not real about, but what you can't uh, be real about what you won't reveal. So to heal, you got to be real. And to, real, to be real, you got to first reveal. See, watch this. Why don't you just start being honest? Touch and say, just be honest. You know, you know I, it's one thing I can't really stand. There's a few things I can't stand. But one of those things I can't really stand is, is folk that just be, you know, you just be like, you clearly got an attitude problem. Now, we can fix your little attitude problem if you be honest about the fact that you got an attitude problem. But instead, you sitting up here in passive aggressive land, I'm fine. Slamming doors and, and, and pouring cereal hard. Oh, y'all know the, 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 the pouring cereal hard attitude. Slamming cabinets. Just pouring the cereal hard. And then you justify, I ain't going to have no regular bowl. I'm going to give me one of them cake mixing bowls. <laughs> and then you start getting mad about stuff that ain't got nothing to do with cereal. I go to work all week, and all I try to do is come home, and I can't believe it. This don't make, this don't make no sense, and they couldn't even have the kitchen cleaned up, and I came home. See, this is what I'm talking about. See, Lord. <laughs> Touch them and say, just be honest. Let's be honest. Sometimes there's some stuff that happens in life that makes you want to holler, makes you want to scream, and where the real folk at makes you want to cuss. All right, okay. Where the real folk at? Where, where the real folk at? I know some of y'all ain't used to being real in church, but when you stepped in the harvest, you stepped into a place you can be real. Ain't no sense in pretending up in here. <laughs> Kings pray to fix the problem, not to just relieve the pain. See, but to relieve the pain, I got to realize that the pain is showing me something that needs to be healed. But for it to be healed, I have to reveal it. But for it to be revealed, I got to be real. And most of us learn how to, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, but you're not. Because you think being honest about the reality of where you are is a sign of weakness, and it's not. Now, the Bible does say, let the weak say, I am strong. But watch this. The weak have to first identify where they were weak. Now, watch this. Now, I told you kings pray to fix the problem, not just relieve the pain. Then I also taught you kings pray to fix their sin. Now, when I say sin, uh, I mean it like this, uh, the way the Bible means it. It means to miss the mark or a mistake. See, watch this. Uh, uh, Non-kings look to blame people. But when you blame people, that makes you lame. So somebody say, when I blame, that's a sign I'm lame. But touch your neighbor and say, that's not who we are. See, see, watch this, watch this. A king says, since I'm in charge, since I have responsibility, anything that goes down on my watch is my fault. And I'm not here trying to figure out blame. I'm just here to fix the situation. So kings pray to fix their sin, their mistakes. I looked at that wrong. I thought about that wrong. I assumed when I should have asked. I was in error. I missed the mark. And we read in Lamentations 5, 16, uh, this verse, it says, the crown has fallen from our head. Now, uh, woe to us, for we have sinned. In other words, they said, we made some mistakes. Anybody can be honest, there's some stuff where you were blaming other people, and, you know, a few, few months later, you were like, that was me. You were blaming your spouse for why things, you know, were crazy. You're like, that was me. You were blaming your kids for why they acted that way, not realizing you set the climate in the house for them to act that way. 
It's quiet in the church. You, you were blaming other folks for your financial dilemmas, not to realize you were the one that went out and got four new leases for two cars. Math don't even add up. It's quiet in the church. All right, watch this. Verse 17, because of this, uh, in other words, they said we're at fault. Our heart is faint. In other words, uh, heart in the scripture means mind. In other words, they said our mind is tired. I'm tired. Not because I didn't sleep. I'm tired because I'm sick of making the same mistakes. Because of this, our eyes grow dim. Uh, which, which means, in other words, I can't even see straight because of how tired I am. So I don't see things as they are. I see them as I am. And since I'm so tired, I see things as always being worse than they really are. So I'll take a molehill and make it into a mountain. I'll take a little issue and turn it into a huge issue. I'll take a little problem and make it a big problem. I will take a Cheerio and turn it into one of them big old life raft things. You know what they call it? Who? Two circle thing, you got it. For, for some of us, when we swim, we swim with accessories. <laughs> now, thank you. What's this? 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 I'm reviewing. I'm getting the new material in just a moment. What's this? Kings say this. Here's what Kings say. King says, "What's this? I keep my crown on." Because look at Lamentations five sixteen. The crown is falling from our head. But who wears crowns? Kings. They said, we forgot we were kings because we stopped checking ourselves. Doesn't anybody say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> the crown has fallen from our head. In other words, watch this. You keep your crown on when you check yourself when you're off. Your crown comes off when everything is so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did this. And watch this. Here's what a lot of us like to do. And God, you did this. God, if you love me, why is this happening? God, if you were there for me, why is this happening? And that's where your crown keeps coming off. And since your crown keeps coming off, now all of a sudden you get tired. And now you get tired even though you slept all night. Even though you slept all day. You're like, I'm just tired. It's 75 degrees on a Saturday in the middle of March, which don't even make no sense. And you're sitting in the house with the blinds closed, the air on 60, watching Hulu. Watch what I'm trying to say. Say, kings need to pray like kings. So kings pray to fix the problem. Then kings pray to fix their sin. And the last thing is that kings pray uh, to uh, kings pray like sons, which took us to the third thing every king needed. Every king needs a man of God. Say, every king needs a man of God. Because the position from which you pray makes a big difference. Because you see God through the lenses of your experience with your earthly father. So if you saw a disloyal earthly father, you'll think God's that way. If you saw a dishonest earthly father, you'll think God's that way. Watch this. If you saw an absent earthly father, you'll think God is that way. And there's the issue because the statistics tell us that most people's relationships with their fathers are frustrating, fickle, or faded because up to 72% of homes are fatherless. So how do you trust your heavenly father if you had a hellacious relationship with your earthly father? But God in his infinite wisdom knew this might happen. So while God is your heavenly father and you came into the earth through a natural father, God empowered you and matures you and unlocks you through a spiritual father or a man of God. And in case you don't know, I am he for you. So that means you're not an orphan because you're not fatherless. And I want you to see this example from two different kings in the Bible, 2 Kings 6 and 21. I want you to see this. Say, I'm a king and I need a man of God. 
Now, I've taught you this. I told you this last week that if you ever look at pictures of monarchies, kings, queens, systems of kings, queens, you would always see that the king would be seated on the throne, but the king would always have the bishop. And you saw the bishop because the bishop would have a miter on. There's the crown of the bishop uh, right next to the king because the king always kept the man of God close to him. Now, I want to show you some biblical examples so you get this. 2 Kings 6.21. Y'all ready? Now, when the king of Israel saw them, I want you to read it. He said to Elisha, now stop, Elisha is the man of God. He's the spiritual son of Elijah. Elijah has now been called up into heaven. So Elisha is running the show. Elisha is running the scene. And look at what the king says to the man of God. Read it. Look at how he respected the man of God. Okay, I'm going to help somebody. He, he says, my father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? Verse 22. But he answered, you shall not kill them. Listen to me, church. He sought his man of God's counsel before making decisions because kings like you recognize the value of their man of God's voice in every venture that they take. Which means when you come to church, you ain't coming to just hear a sermon. That's why we call them life-giving messages. When you come here, you're getting the voice of the man of God you've been assigned to. It's because you value the voice of your man of God in every venture that you take. That's one king. Let me give you another king. 2 Kings 3 or 13. 2 Kings 13 verse 14. This is a different king. 2 Kings 13, 14. Same man of God. Watch this. 2 Kings 13, 14. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel. This is different than 2 Kings 6. And then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, what does he say? Do you see how the kings, they have all the power. They run the show. They rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. But they knew if I'm going to rule, reign, conquer, and subdue, I need a man of God's voice in my life. I, I wish there were some kings in here. And you ought to be glad that you're a king that's got the voice of a man of God in your life. I'm not saying worship man, no. I'm not saying praise man. I am saying follow the system and every king needs a man of God. Watch what he says. Watch this, verse uh, uh, 18. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Watch this. We're getting to the material for today. Strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. Now, I want you to see this. What did the man of God say to him? Strike the ground. How many times did he say? He didn't say, which means what was he saying to do? Keep doing it until I say stop. I'm going to get to how to think like a king in just a moment. Touch your neighbor say, stay with Bishop. Watch this. Verse 19. And the man of God was angry with him. Well, why? How many times did Joash strike the ground? Three times. Because in his mind, that's enough. I'm going to help you think like a king. And the man of God was angry with him. And Bishop was angry with him. In a very loving, angry way. And said, you should have struck it. Five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed them. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Watch this. He said, your victories are going to be tied, watch this, to you continuing to work what works. Here it is. What did King Joash do? He stopped doing what worked to do something else. All right, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Come on, y'all help me work it like a part-time job. In his mind, I did that. I've watched it work, but I'm good now. Let me do something else. And this is the issue many people have, uh, which brings you to the first point of how to think like a king. 
kings think to work what works. When a king sees something works, he keeps doing it. He doesn't stop do it, doing what works to try something else. Let me make it real practical. It doesn't make sense for you to be a harvester, come to church, get the messages, apply the messages to your life, watch them work, then decide one day, I'm going to try something different or divert from what works. That's why you feel like it's not working. It is working. Let me tell you what's not working. Your thought process isn't what's working. But today, catch the principle. I'll move fast. Catch the principle. Catch the principle. He's striking the ground. Joe, or Elisha, the man of God, says, strike the ground. He doesn't say how many times. Now, he says, as many times as you strike it, that's how you're going to have the victory. He says, your ability to continue working what works is going to determine your victories in life. Do you get it? Here's what a lot of us used to do. And I say used to because you're a king, so they ain't saying you no more. What a lot of us used to do, we come to church, you hear a message, you be like, woo-wee, I applied it into work. About two weeks later, you stop applying the principle. Then you'll say it doesn't work. And it's not that it doesn't work. What doesn't work is your thought process doesn't work. Okay, got real quiet right there. Got, got real quiet right there. Got real quiet right there. Let me prove it to you. You'll start losing weight or gaining weight, whatever you're trying to do. You'll watch it work. And as you're watching it work, you'll have a bright idea to stop doing what worked. Y'all have heard me talk about it, so I'll reference it. Y'all have heard me talk about it. I've lost like 95 pounds now and all that. And just, but, but not, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise him. No, so, so, so. So, so, but, but now here's the deal. Somebody said, well, Bishop, you don't need to lose my weight. I said, no, I'm going to keep doing what works because it works. I'm not going to get a bright idea and start eating at 9 o'clock at night anymore. I can come back in here and y'all be like, ah, duh, Bishop, hi. Them suit so is extra tight today. <laughs> His cup's running over. <laughs> He's in overflow. The Lord is increasing. <laughs> Just a neighbor say, why did you stop working what worked? You started praying with your family and watched it work. You got up one day and had the bright idea to stop doing that. You started serving and watched things happen miraculously in your life. Then you had the bright idea, I'm just not going to serve for a while. Y'all not talking to me. You started getting the messages and giving them out to people and watched it work. You got the bright idea to stop working what works. But when you're a king, a king says, I'm going to work it and I'm going to work it and I'm going to work it because kings work what works. We don't stop what works to try something different. But why would we do that? Our thought process is what's flawed, which brings us to the second way kings think. Kings think excellence 24-7. Kings think excellence 24-7. Watch this. In the movie, Coming to America, Queen Elion, Prince Hakim's mother, she challenged the king, Jaffrey Jafar, because he wasn't acting like what he was, the king. They're sitting in the car. If you don't know the movie, this is Denver, so let me tell the movie. So in the movie, Prince Hakim, played by Eddie Murphy, who also played like 45 other people in the movie, he had come from Zamunda and he came to Queens because he was looking for a queen because he was a king and he said, I need somebody else to sit up there with me. You see, look at the top of the stage. There you go. Whoop, there it is. Okay. Okay. Now, he said, I need somebody to sit up there with me. And so he's looking for a queen. So he gets there and they have a tradition in Zamunda that you, he, the prince had to marry a Zamundan woman. 
Well, Akeem had found this girl from Queens, and she wasn't Zamundin. Y'all still with me, church? Okay, now, it was very spiritual. You got to read your Bible. It was very spiritual stuff you're talking about. Now, watch this. So, so what happens is the king, Hakeem's father, says, uh, well, you know, the tradition is she's got to be Zamunda. She ain't Zamunda. There's nothing we can do about it. Queen Aelion says, well, I thought you were the king. Because he was letting a circumstance rule him rather than him ruling his circumstance. And he said, who am I to change it? She says to him, I thought you were the king. Can I ask you something today while you sitting up here complaining about stuff in your life? I thought you were the king. While you're complaining about your family, I thought you were the king. While you're complaining about your money, I thought you were the king. Touch your neighbor and say, I thought you were the king. What's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? What was wrong? Because he said, who am I to change it? Now, a king's not a president. There's a difference. A president has, should have, checks and balances that he has to go through in order to get things done. That's what a, being part of a democratic republic means. Let's keep it moving right on past that. Now, in all of that, watch this, but a king has what we have, dominion. So he doesn't have to check and balance nothing. What he says, it is because he said it. That's what the book says. We can call things that be not as though they were. Where is that coming from? Your authority as a king. Are you catching this church? So in his mind, he's like, well, who am I to change it? What was flawed about the king? Now, now this, this, this was a king. They threw rose petals out when he walked. He, you know, he, he, went, he goes in to talk to the girl he, Akeem likes, and, you know, he just crushes her little heart. He, he, he just, she just thinks, oh, we've really been getting to know one another. He says, baby girl, let me help you understand something. My son came here to take a trip. He's getting ready to be married. He was sowing his royal oats. That's what the movie said. Don't be going talking about me after church. That's what the movie said. And he's sowing his raw oats, and he's sowing his raw oats, and so that's what he came here for, and that's what he's doing. And she thinks she's in some long-term, serious relationship, and they're going to be, you know, Facebooking back and forth between Zamunda and Queens and all this, and, and, and FaceTiming and all that, and the king just shuts all of that down. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Stay with me, church. And the king's mind, who am I to change this circumstance? Who am I to change my future? Who am I to change this drama in my marriage? Who am I to change the way my children are acting? So instead of being a king, you ended up acting like a victim. But I want to ask everybody under the sound of my voice, I thought you were the king. With the king's holler one time. You sitting here crying, driving down the street. Now you cry, but you better cry with a purpose. Wipe them tears off your face and you better king up and do something, make something happen. How the king, I got to close. How the king think like that? It was his thought process. Watch this. Sometimes it's not your thoughts themselves that are the issue, but your thought process that it is. Uh, now watch this. To form a thought or a conclusion, you go through a thought process. So the question is, how'd you get to that conclusion? In Revelation 5, 9 to 10, the Bible says they sang a new song. Say a new song. This new song represent, represented a new thought process. Let me give it to you like this. Have you ever had a song stuck in your head? Even if you didn't like it, you'd say, I hate this song. But you'd be like, baby, you don't hurt me. Mm -hmm. What is love? And then, then you walk off in the break room, start twisting and stuff while you put your hot pocket in the microwave. 
You'd be like, I hate this song, but I can't stop singing this song. Watch this. That's how a bad thought process is. I know it ain't working. I know it ain't good, but I keep on singing it. But today, I speak it in your life that that old song is over. That old thought process is over. Somebody say, I'm singing a new song. That's how thought process is. It's always in your head and will cause you to come to conclusions that produce bad decisions. Because sometimes your thought isn't the issue. It's your thought process that's the issue. As a man thinks, as is a proverb, uh, an adverb, which means, watch this, it's an action, which means the issue is my thought process. How did I get to the conclusion that I came to? How did I think that way? Watch this, watch this, watch this. That's why I preach in series. And call our messages life-giving messages, not sermons. Because message by message, hear me, church, your thought process is changing. Which is why I always talk about faithful church attendance. Because your thought process ain't going to change because of one message. Why? Because as soon as you leave, the old song will try to. And you're going to be back on an old song even though you're in a new day. Now, which is why I suggest you subscribe to Auto Message in our mobile app. Why? So then that way you don't have to worry about the old song trying to tell you to walk past the bookstore when you, get, when you walk out of the campus because it'll be automatically, the message will be automatically delivered to you. And if you don't do that, at least get the CD. See, watch this. Here, here's how a non-king thinks. See, kings don't just try to manage misery. A non-king just wants to manage misery. They do whatever they can to be, watch this, comfortable. Okay. Kings don't complain about what they can change. Somebody say, I got to get rid of that thought process. So here's how kings think. I'm done. Kings think excellence, which means wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to maximize it. I'm going to make it the best of the best scenario and situation, which means, watch this, I'm not always going to be dealt a great hand. Now, this is a great hand up here. I got kings, queens, and jacks. It's a good hand. I don't care what game you're playing. This is a good hand. Here's the problem, though. So sometimes, sometimes you, you know, you ain't going to have a jack. You're going to feel like you just got jacked. Do I have any witnesses? You're going to be like, God, this is the worst hand ever in the historicity of hands. But here's the issue. A king says, but let me play it well. You know how much energy you waste being negative? You know how much energy you waste? Woe is me, woe is me. You know how much energy you waste complaining? That's not how kings operate. I got to close it right here. I'm not out of message, but I am out of time. A king says, I'm going to think excellence, which means I'm going to decline whatever is average. What does that mean? Jesus gave us the perfect example. When he was getting ready to do something that was going to be painful, he said, Father, I don't want to do it. Take this cup from me. But he said, nevertheless, he said, I refuse to be average when I can be excellent. I refuse to complain about the hand when I can just take the hand and play it well which means wherever I find myself whatever situation I find myself in I'm going to think excellence because I am a king somebody say I am a king say it again say I am a king so so kings work what works kings think to do that there's some stuff hear me harvesters where watch this as your pastor let me just have a pastoral moment I'm out of time we have a pastoral moment where it's like, why'd you stop working? What work? To go come up with a bright idea that you ain't tried. You're too experimental like you got time to waste. You don't come here so we can have experimentation. You come here so you can get the formula. But then kings think excellence. 
Which means, watch this, which means, watch this, watch this. No more time to be negative. No more time to be bitter. Matter of fact, it's some folk, it's some folk, watch this. That's why, lately, you've been confronted with people from your past. Why? Because God says, you need to conquer this, king. So I'm going to throw it in your face again until you conquer this. Because you don't have time for that. And here's what we don't have time for. Any more preaching, because I'm out of time. Today, if you're in this worship experience, any kings in here? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. 